The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. And we're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo. We're throwing out a $57 SGPN gift card for every bingo hit. We're also brought to you by SGPN's 57 Bets Challenge. We're throwing out $570 cash and a $570 gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all our contest info exclusively on the SGPN app. And if you're going to be out at the, uh, out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out our live show at the Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. And welcome in to the Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Mothership, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. Andrew T.D. King. Rob, how we doing, boss? Good, man. Uh, excited, man. Super Bowl weekend. Uh, it's just like Christmas for me, man. I love it. Friday, we have Underdog releasing the uh, the first 2023 best ball contest uh, of the mm -hmm. year. So, man, it's a it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Uh, how about yourself? How are you? Doing good, doing good. It's a very, very busy week on my end leading into the Super Bowl. We got a lot going on over here at the network. We've got all the good betting uh, uh, content for you, all the fantasy content in Dynasty. Uh, be sure to come and check out some of our stuff. You know, we got Cody Z, Matt Morse, uh, Matthew Cummings. They're all putting out some really good betting content, whether you're looking at like novelty props, whether you're looking at player props, game props, halftime props, whatever it is, we've got all sorts of good stuff for you right now over here at uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So be sure to come ride with us. Um, yeah, just busy, man. You know, putting out putting out content, working, uh, waiting for the weekend. You know, it's one of it's one of the bigger weekends of the year. So I'm pr I'm pretty excited about it. I'm assuming you're still riding with your early pick in the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Dog Fuck the skin. Eagles. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We are not Eagles fans at this part of the network, that's for sure. We we have plenty uh plenty riding with the the Sports Gambling Podcast network, but me and Andrew are not one of them. Um I hey, anytime you get Patrick Mahomes as a dog is a good day. So only getting better odds, only getting better odds. Damn but right. as I've been reading the trends and reading our content from all of our uh analysts and contributors, many of us are on the Eagles. So, we'll see what we'll we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Uh any any favorite props that you're taking? uh yes uh actually here i have uh i went oh. with a buddy last night for about an hour and a half i've got my diary right here just <laughs> yeah um a couple i really like uh, mahomes over 30 and a half pass attempts um okay. that one i i like uh I, I think no matter which game script happens whether they're winning or losing uh he can get mm. over that uh will there be a two-point conversion attempt that's plus money not not conversion just love attempt it. Love plus it. money love that um i like the chiefs uh over team total of 99 and a half rushing yards and the eagles mm -hmm. under 144 and a half rushing yards as a team okay. uh and uh I, I you know obviously i don't want the eagles to win but i do think aj brown will have a good game so i like his over 71 and a half uh receiving yards as well and a uh, man they're like i'm gonna have anywhere between 35 and 60 bets 
on the Super Bowl, everything from the coin toss to, you know, hurts to throw an interception. So, I mean, there's a ton on there, but, uh, you know, those are some like of that. my favorites that are, um, I feel like, locks. Locks, he says. Locks. Well, we'll definitely have to, I don't know, we maybe have to get something going on Sunday. Maybe, uh, maybe get a little, uh, you know, adjuncture show. Maybe, maybe, mm. maybe a little, uh, little, little pop-up show with some props. We'll see if we got time. Well, I know we're going to be riding uh, the next three nights. We've got uh, tonight. We're doing RB reviews. We're doing some recent news. Tomorrow night we are doing the big game strategy show. That's going to be awesome. Andrew dropped his big game strategy uh, underdog article today. Be sure to go check that out. And then Friday we're doing the early underdog show for next year. So that's going to be uh, a lot of stuff here. But eh, you know, Sunday I don't know what you're doing, but I'm I'm just hanging out. Yeah, some live draft wins. live draft tomorrow it. night and friday for everyone so nope. make sure you stay tuned watch our twitters watch the fantasy football uh twitter and um uh, man we'll let you know what time we're gonna be doing it all should be a lot of fun night nine, 9 p.m uh eastern both nights i believe but uh let's dive in here to some recent news uh Derek carr getting permission to visit with the saints looks like that's his uh team at the top of the list right now what say you with uh Derek carr moving over to uh new orleans do you think that'd be a good fit or uh, are we going to need another visit? Hmm. It's interesting. Um, I, I did think about this today a little bit, and mm-hmm. I think it would be a decent fit for him. I, I don't know if it would be a good fit for the team. I, I don't really like it like as a move for the team. I think that they could do better, personally. You mm-hmm. know, With the team that they have around them, it's not like they're a shit destination by any means. I mean, good city, great place to play. You get a dome. Um, you know, They have a good team. Both offense and defense, I think, you know, are above middle mm-hmm. of the pack. So I think it's a good destination for a quarterback to land. Like, you know, would they consider allowing Aaron Rodgers to to take a look at them? You know, that, that could be something. I mean, Rodgers is getting older. He don't want to play in that fucking wind and cold of Green Bay. I mean, why not go to the nice Louisiana weather, right? So mm-hmm. I, I I think the Saints are kind of jumping on a little quick. But I do think for Derek Carr's purposes, you know, it, it would be great for him. I mean, you got some, some good, um, you know, offensive weapons there in Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave. You know, mm-hmm. I think that they're going to add some depth there as well. I really hate Michael Thomas, so I won't even get into that. I mean, that dude's just a big I think, old wuss. I, th- I think they're going to move on from Michael Thomas. I think they probably should. I mean, he hurt his, he stubbed his toe and he's out like two years. So, I mean, there's, yeah. so there's something wrong with that man. But, um, yeah, I mean, deal. for Derek Carr, I think it'd be a really good landing spot for him. I think that he could uh, excel there uh, probably about as much as he did with, with Las Vegas. So we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't like the move for the Saints organization. I think it's kind of a meh landing spot because if you don't have Michael Thomas there, you're just looking at maybe like Chris Olave. There's a couple of other names we're going to bring up here uh, that could be cap casualties that I feel like may actually fit well in New Orleans. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's it's a nice, easy move for them because they just got those picks from Denver. So they definitely have a leg up. And it feels like the Colts would probably use their draft capital to try and move up in the draft. I don't think that they're going to lean heavily into the Derek Carr sweepstakes. Your Washington Commanders have taken themselves off the list as well. They're moving on with Sam Howell as their QB1 on the roster for now. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how that plays out because the the wording and all the reporting is like, oh, he's the QB1 to enter the offseason. Like, he's just the guy at the top of the list. Like, does that mean they look to bring in somebody else? Does that mean they look to draft another uh, young prospect? I'm not really sh- uh, certain. Uh, but I think at least for now, it would, you know, kind of remove them from, you know, the high profile guys. Like, the Aaron Rodgers or like a Derek Carr. Um, it's really tough for me to pick another team where he might land or where he might take another look. Like he's if he's already with the Saints, I gotta 
doubt that you know he's making a trip to Tampa Bay, you know, and I don't know if Tampa Bay has the the capital or the trade capital or the assets to really make a move for a guy like Derek Carr if they're not looking to give up a top pick. Uh, Atlanta again does, in the same division. I don't think it makes sense. Does Jets or Seattle do anything for you if if they decide the, that they definitely don't want to stick with you know Zach Wilson or Geno? Yeah, you know, no, the Jets make a lot of sense to me just given that they are. You know, that's their, their their missing piece, right? Like they're missing the quarterback piece, kind of similar to what we thought of the Broncos this year. It may not work out for the Jets just the same, <laughs> but, you know, we all thought like, oh, well, the Broncos, they've got weapons on offense. They've got a great defense. They're just <laughs> missing the quarterback, right? Well, Jets, same situation. Yeah, I think they would be benefited uh, by getting a Derek Carr in the building, but, you know, may wind up being Jimmy G. Might, might have to t- settle with the consolation prize. You have that connection there with Saleh in his past. I don't know. I feel like they might be able to get a little bit of a more friendly deal. Um, I think Derek Carr, you know, hanging out with the Saints is pretty interesting. I think it's uh, you know, good culture fit. He's a he's a very, you know, yes, ma'am, no, sir type of character, you know, very, very polite. That southern hospitality, I think he'd fit right in there in uh, in New Orleans. So yeah, I don't I don't hate it, but I don't love it by any means. And I don't think that it, you know, necessarily moves the needle with any distinction for any of these guys like fantasy options like Alave or Kamara, you know, what are they doing at tight end? And that, I guess that kind of brings me into our, our next bit of news here is uh, it looks like, or it would appear the an early on cap casualty for the chargers would be Gerald Everett and Keenan Allen, two pivotal points of their offense there. Um, there's a huge market for tight end. Like I could see Gerald Everett landing on anywhere from like eight to 10 different teams. Now the market for receivers doesn't feel as rich where are a few places you might see those players land in your opinion so let's start with keenan allen right um first thing that comes to the top of my mind is kansas city i mean i know it's interall divisional you know the, I, i'm not right. sure how that would all work with that but kansas city needs some help and he's a possession receiver that patrick mahomes would love to have um mm-hmm. so i think that that's a very good destination for him uh, i also think the bears you know for for two years potentially good good stop for him right two or three years money Maybe. baby money talks. yeah i mean the bears have got it a shit ton of money as you know so like that that's a good fit for me um also the other one that that came to mind would be atlanta um i think that again he's he's going dome to dome right doesn't need to worry about you know oh can i play in the dome like he mm-hmm. I, I think that that would be a good spot for him too uh, and I'm, again, I don't know what Atlanta is going to do at quarterback, you know, if they're going to stick with Ritter or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But um, I just think that he would be a good fit there for them like that. Those are the ones that like really came uh, mm-hmm. to the forefront of my mind when I started to think about this. Uh, as far as Everett, man, I, I, I agree with you. Really, I don't have any place that I think he would be dominant. I just think there's a group of anywhere from eight to 12, probably uh, places yeah. that, oh. that he could fit in very well. I have was at three, six. Yeah, I have 11 on my list. Uh, the whole NFC North could use him. Uh, the Lions just got rid of Hawkinson. Uh, the Packers are still riding with uh, Bobby Tunyon. Uh, the Bears, uh, Cole Komet, let's not talk about it. Oh, man, I love Cole Komet. Uh, I mean, I love him. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm loving the idea of Michael Mayer, too, from Notre Dame. I love me, you know, some, some tight end wide receiver utility guys, for sure, out of uh, the University of Notre Dame. But... It's not working out. The experiment, I feel, feel like, has been a failure, I would say, thus far. Uh, I would love to get Keenan Allen in that lineup. My goodness. You get Keenan. You get Darnell Mooney coming out of the slot. You get Chase Claypool on the outside. It's, it's really not that dissimilar from what he had with the Chargers, you know, moving 
i.e. from Mike Williams to Chase Claypool. So I, I think that would be a great fit. But oh, let's, um, let's give Darnell Mooney some more respect. I, I think Darnell Mooney is a more a, a better complete receiver than Chase yeah. is personally. Yeah. Well, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. I definitely think he has more utility, period, just because you can throw him anywhere on the field. It's just that being that the only guy there obviously didn't work out. Like being the top receiver didn't work out. He he can't go, you know, A1 production on some of the top talent in this league. Like, yeah, we saw the tape last year of him just absolutely cutting up Jalen Ramsey, but still no completions on the play. So that means either it was a quarterback's fault or you were just, you know, running out of your mind or running out of your shoes, which it's it felt like he was doing some sometimes. Like he was just, you know, being, you know, either overthrown, underthrown. They couldn't get on the same page. Really the same thing happened this year, you know, other than he wasn't getting open, right? So I would like to see them do a little bit more. Wouldn't hate either of those players moved over to the Bears. Um, Everett could go, yeah, anywhere. I mean, uh, Tennessee, Cincinnati, New Orleans, Dallas, they're probably going to be losing uh, Dalton Schultz because they're tagging Tony Pollard. I don't know if they can afford to bring back uh, Schultz. Uh, the Giants, Carolina, again, the three NFC North teams, not the Vikings. A lot of opportunity here for him. For Keenan, I'll say the Bears and probably the Ravens. I think the Ravens obviously need a huge amount of help at the wide receiver position, but I just feel like, you know, the Justin Fields and the Bears did a lot this year where they're going to throw a lot of money his way. And I feel like they, I mean, honestly, I feel they have a lot of money to come away with anybody. They could get Schultz, they could get Keenan Allen, like really just take their pick from the lot. Yep. No, I agree. And, and it's funny. I mean, you, you said the Ravens. That, that wasn't a team I, uh, you know, thought of uh right out of the gate for keenan allen but i think when you said that that like light bulb went off in my head i think that he would be excellent there um especially with bateman coming back as well like yeah i think that's a very good fantasy landing spot for him is is with baltimore up uh, as long as lamar jackson comes back i don't want him to go there if they're just gonna run the table yeah. with you know god knows who tyler huntley uh, again another rich quarterback market this offseason gonna be interesting Ooh, marcus Mariota, good backup there that would be solid good solid place for him to be a backup <laughs> all right let's move into our rb reviews conversation uh, but before we do let's pay some bills really quick WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. The big game is here, and WinBet has you covered. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet 100, get 100. It's limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And the Sports Gambling Podcast is having a live show in Phoenix for the big game. If you're going to be out in Arizona for the big game, make sure to check out SGP's live show at the Ainsworth Thursday at 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. The show is free. And you'll be able to watch the show for free. Have some drinks with the guys. That's right. That's at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. 
All right, and we're back, and we're running into our running back reviews. We are in part two of our two-part series per position in fantasy football. We're in RB2 territory, and we are leading off, sir, with Mr. Leonard Fournette. 668 rushing yards this season on 189 attempts, 523 receiving yards on 73 catches, and 60 or 66 total touchdowns. Excuse me. He is running back 14 on the season in PPR formats. What is your rating of him this season well let's start with uh you know kind of what we were doing last time uh mm-hmm. how many finishes do you think he had as an rb1 throughout the year do 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 i'm gonna say five three so Ouch. not Ouch. great uh <laughs> he was yeah yeah not great bob um yeah not good uh there was really only like two more times that he was even in contention for a a viable fantasy starter really so Mm. yeah not a very good year for him uh i'm gonna give him two stars i actually liked rashad white a shit ton more it's coming into the season he was somebody i wrote about uh for Mm -hmm. uh, a best ball article that was somebody that was going late in drafts uh i just think rashad white had a better skill set um you know outside of he did need to work on his pass protection and that's kind of where leonard Fournette, you know helped the team a lot more than rashad white did but rashad white was just a better back I know Lenny was there, you know, for a few more years, obviously. So th- they were used to him, but he just wasn't very good, man. He- he's a stu- uh, two-star player for me. And honestly, like mm-hmm. with Brady gone now, I, I really don't know what's going to happen with Leonard Fournette. I mean, this could be one of the last times we really even consider talking about him. I mean, he's just not going to be very good, I don't think, staying on this team. And depending on where he goes, he, he might just be a backseat driver. Yeah, I have him a three star, and that's just because of the catches. I mean, he still finished as an you know RB two. He was a fringe RB one, RB two. So I give him a little bit more love. But yeah, it's a very inconsistent season this year. Whether it be just his overall burst, the offensive line you know situation, just their troubles. You know, he really wasn't getting it going unless he was catching the ball. Seventy three catches at the running back position is nothing to kick away whatsoever, and he was third on his team in in total reception. So you know, I. I bump him up a little bit for that, just kind of being that, you know, multifaceted back, right? Like he almost had as many receiving yards as he had rushing yards. And I feel like that was, you know, a significant issue for the the Buccaneers this season. Their offensive line couldn't keep Brady upright. They couldn't get the run game going. And obviously Fournette, you know, didn't benefit from that. But that that receiving floor kept him at the that the the RB2 RB1 conversation, right? So I give him three stars. I'm not happy with what I got of got out of him in my uh places where I owned him. I even traded for him during a playoff run. I think it was after that big game that he had where he had I think it may have been 8 or 10 catches in a single game or something like that, maybe week maybe week 13. Week 5 he had he had 10 catches week 5. Uh and then uh, I I traded had, we had traded for had, him later. Uh he had nine receptions week 16. Maybe maybe that's what it was. Man, um, you you were in a league that you could trade at that point yet? Yeah, you don't remember the the league where I uh, had that trade happen during the championship oh, week that's or the, right. the semi right. the semifinals week? Yeah, the same. Yeah, right. the, the very same league. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't want to get into that. <laughs> don't want to get into that. Uh, but yeah, I am I am in leagues where you can still trade during the playoffs. It's, it's certainly not ideal. I don't make all the rules in every single league, so you know that that's where we're at. I give them three stars. You're at two stars, so we're in similar territory. We're definitely not satisfied. I think the expectation from this offense 
We were expecting more touchdowns, more electricity, and we were taking Leonard Fournette at a higher cost in ADP. So that is another reason why I have him significantly lower. There was no wow moments from him this year other than a couple of games. And obviously those games, they got people like me into more trouble because you bought in, right? Like, you know, you're like, all right, this looks like it'll work for the, the remaining games or whatever the rest of the season moving forward. Let's make a deal. No, didn't work out. Uh, two and three stars for Leonard Fournette. I agree with you. I don't know. You know, I don't think his future prospects look great because I don't imagine he's going to stick around in Tampa Bay. And I feel like he could be either a cap casualty or moved somewhere where, you know, the opportunity isn't as fruitful or the offense isn't as fruitful. Uh, next up we have is Miles Sanders at running back 15. Great, great season from Sanders. 1,269 rushing yards on 259 nice. attempts. <laughs> nice. Uh, only 78 receiving yards, but 20 catches. I feel like you know they really kind of honed in on his role. He is not a pass catching back, and I, I felt like they really just lined him up to his best skill set, which is usage in the red zone. 11 touchdowns this season. So his rushing total, fifth in the NFL. His total touchdowns at uh, – or rushing touchdowns, excuse me, seventh in, in the NFL. I'm going five stars. I'm not an Eagles fan, but Miles Sanders showed up for folks this year. What say you? Yeah, yeah, uh, man, I'll probably I'll probably give him like a four point seven five. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not gonna give him a five. That's just no, the commando in you. That's, That's just right, the commando man. inside. That's you. right. The bias is real. I just, yeah, I, I just can't. But I, I will give him four point seven five. You know, due to the fact of uh, he had a great year, yep. where you were drafting him, he way blew off you know or blew out uh expectations i mean he was drafted in past round six for sure oh I mean, yeah it, you know it, it was just very good value where you got him and we we kind of knew that the regression to the mean was gonna come this year because the year before he had what no touchdowns or one touchdown something like that mm -hmm. like so we knew that that was gonna obviously not happen again so where you got him the value he held for you uh he was healthy you know all year long as well and he was on a team that killed it. I mean, you know, it's always good to get a running back on a team that is killing it out there. So, I mean, yeah, 4.75 should probably be uh, 4.99, but we'll keep 4.75. Honestly, I think he could have had easily over 15 touchdowns. The way that that team was running the ball, I'm not I'm not sure how many touchdowns Jalen Hurts had rushing. Has to be up there. Mm. And then you had Boston Scott stealing touchdowns. Kenny Gainwell with a random stolen touchdown ever here and there. Like, I mean, he, he could have had a much better season. Finishing an RB15 with just 11 touchdowns is still pretty interesting. But again, this is PPR formats. He probably finished much higher in standard just because guys like Leonard Fournette weren't going to, you know, it's like 73 less points, right? So he would be ahead of him and probably a handful of others. Yeah, like I said, I, I have really no arguments against him this season. Five stars. I've, I feel like there may have been a few weeks where he hit some inconsistent bumps. But for the most part, I believe that he brought home consistent value uh, for his owners. How many uh, RB1 finishes do you think he had? Seven? Eight? Six. He had six. Okay, it's pretty close. It's not bad. Uh, he did kill us, though, in the fantasy playoffs. Week 15, 16, 17, running back finishes of 69, 36, and 36. So not great. But overall, he got you there, right? You just, you just right. hopefully didn't play him in the fantasy playoffs. Hopefully you got over the hump or you were playing someone who owned Josh Allen. That's really the only way you were taking that one home. Um, I think that's all I got for him. Other than like, I, do you feel like there's a cliff? Like, did, did he, is he about to fall off of it? Like, do you, I don't really expect this type of production again. Like, 
I don't either. I'm also not sure he's going to be on the Eagles. You know, he's he's one of the people that they could drop or, you know, draft somebody and, and keep him as right. a backup maybe. But I, I really, I'm not sure that he's on this team. If he is, I would say there's potential that he could land here again. You know, what would you say, RB15? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think there's, there's possibility of that happening. I would say he's probably going to be closer to 24, though, if he does stay on this team. I mean, he had a lot of touchdowns. I mean, you're banking on that. Uh, Hertz is going to get his as well. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that – I think the 15 is probably his ceiling if he stays there. I think he probably goes down towards the 24 range. Um, but I, I honestly am in the camp of I don't think he's going to be here next year. Yeah, I mean, there's already been those talks. They might go after uh, Bijan in the draft. That would be crazy upgrading for Miles Sanders – uh, to a young hot prospect like that and overall yeah i mean they they could just drop him they could trade him i just don't i agree with you i don't know if he's going to be on the team next year but even if he does i don't think he's going to sniff double digit touchdowns again like I, I just don't see this production being um reproduced next year uh next up is my first two-star running back and that's alvin kamara huge mm. disappointment this season huge disappointment 897 rushing yards on 223 attempts, 490 receiving yards on just 53 catches, and Andrew, just four total touchdowns all season. And that's two receiving and two rushing. Absolutely dog poo. Me and Brad were getting into it. Uh, me and Bradley Stickler were getting into it about championship week. Jarek McKinnon versus Kamara. I was like, no, nah, you can't start Kamara, bro. You can't do it. You can't do it wasn't necessarily a heated debate, but I definitely won that one. But I also said to sit Mike Evans that week, which wasn't right, and he said to do so. <laughs> Cold a wash. Cold a wash. So, how many RB1 finishes you think? Zero. He had three, which is crazy, right? No, nah, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> I think he, you're lying. Uh, he did have three. Uh, nah. That would have been week eight uh, against the Raiders. Uh, super impressive, week. Bud. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so week five versus Seattle, week eight against the Raiders, and then week 16 at Cleveland. Those were his only RB1 finishes. He was kind of close to other times. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Let's two stars, man. Just where you drafted him and what he gave you, awful. You, I mean, he missed some games. That's never good. The team clearly fucked us because they weren't telling us what they were going to do with their running back situation so we were Mm -hmm. always playing them up until at least week 10 or 11 i mean i had them on a couple teams and i played them like every week so i'm like oh this is having some bad weeks oh well the coaching staff must just not call play oh like i kept making excuses for it and that's like one of the worst players to have on your team when you're like no no no, he's gonna be fine and you're making excuses and you never take him out so yes two stars i think is more than fair for him I think it might be too kind. I mean, I don't know what to expect going forward. Obviously, it's going to depend on what they do at quarterback. They need to get somebody that can, you know, run the Drew Brees offense, the quick the quick outs, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands immediately. Sean Payton ain't walking through that door, so they need somebody to figure that out. I don't know if it, uh, Derek Carr is going to be a part of it. It's going to if there's going to be another signing. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo has a very quick release. Maybe that might be the answer. I don't know, but they need to get a quarterback. They can get the ball to the running back's hands, and I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo might be the answer. He's a little better at that. He really prefers to get the ball to the running back. He's not bad at it. Derek Carr likes to take shots downfield. Jimmy's like, nah, I did that in the Super Bowl. I'm good. Like, I figured that out. Like, I'm done. Uh, 40-yard targets? Nah, thanks. I don't think so. 
No, I, I don't know what's going to take to fix his uh, production for next year. We could be missing him for four games because yep, of the, the court the hearing. Suspension looming as well. Like, not good. I got to imagine his ADP is going to be pretty friendly. That'll be an inter- interesting conversation for Friday night when we're talking uh, underdog for next year because I feel like like we have to take some shots on him given where he's going to be going probably, you know, how late he is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they're what they have their rankings currently set at because right. fact, I mean, we don't quite know what the suspension's going to fully be, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be interested in that, but I mean, what's the earliest you'd probably be willing to take him if you're drafting today? Round 8? Yeah, I mean, it, it let's say it's 18 round draft. Round 8 maybe, somewhere in there, 9? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I'm going to want my my starters filled and about yeah, about eight or eight gets it. Yeah, because you get the quarterback two, that's three, another two, that's five, a tight end, that's six, and then you get like a flex or like the third receiver, or whatever. And then yeah, you're right in that territory. So that's that's about right. I wouldn't risk any early ADP on him. Like I just I just don't mm-hmm. see the point. Like no. There's a lot of other guys specifically on this list too that we're gonna get to that I'm very interested in for next year. Uh the next guy, super weird situation. Super weird. Uh, Mr. Jarek McKinnon. Um, I'm trying to look mm. up h- how many games he actually played in total because Buddy is an RB17 on the season. And I want to say he didn't play in every single game. I guess he did. He just didn't have a role. Well, let's see. Yeah, he... Uh, I want to say yeah, it was after he did. the bye. He had played in every single game, but his role really only expanded what looks like week 13 and later. Everything before that is all seven points or less. Well, he had one touchdown in the beginning of the season, and his numbers are completely held up by touchdowns. Dude had 10 total touchdowns, nine receiving as a running back at the age of 30. Very interesting. Um, I don't expect him back next year. Rating this season, I mean, it's it's difficult because you didn't draft him. He was a waiver wire pickup. What you got out of him, I, I feel like, is four stars. Like, I don't know if that's an overreaction just because I had success with him or I have bias because of that. I don't know, but I like what I got. And it's on very, you know, again, in a few period of weeks, like of really high volume, he had 56 catches on the season for 512 receiving yards. He only had 72 carries on the year with 291 rushing and just one rushing touchdown. So those big multi touchdown games, you know, in the last quarter of the season were just so huge. Like, I mean, maybe I'm even selling him short at four stars. What do you think? Well, we are definitely a part on this. I'm going to give him 2.75 because really, you could only utilize this dude like fully, like actually trust him week mm-hmm. 13 on. Up through that yeah. point, it, it would not have been very kind to you to, to to start him. So, I mean, you've only, I mean, what is that? 20% of the year you could use him? 15 maybe? That, that's not great. Um, so I, 2.75, obviously he was fantastic week 13 on. Uh, he really helped you potentially win a championship, which is obviously, yeah. you know, helps. But, I mean, he just, you didn't draft him thinking that, that this was going to happen. Uh, you know, well, you he, didn't draft he him was, at all. I mean, that that's true. I mean, it, best ball, he was going later in drafts, sure. I, I saw. But, yeah, regular redraft stuff like that, I mean, you're right. But still, I mean. You pick him up. I mean, when do you think people actually picked him up for their team? Week 13? I think Sharps picked him up after the bye. After the bye, he had back-to-back weeks of at least six catches and 16 total targets through that stretch. 
I think the more casuals and, you know, like 12 team redraft, you know, single QBs probably. Yeah. Like after a week, like the, coming into week 13, probably. But man, just what you got out of them was just like, it was five stars every, almost every time. How yeah. many, how many uh, RB one finishes did he have? Guess. Five, four, three. He had three. That's the same. Uh, that's the same as Alvin Kamara. He practically yes. played half a season. That that is. I mean, that's very true. Kamara quarter uh, you, of the season. Yeah, Kamara, you could at least play. Obviously, it didn't work for you, but you knew you could play him. McKinnon, like he wasn't a guy on your roster. You're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sticking him in. It's like week seven. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna put him in. Like not unless no, you were no, in no, a no, dire no, straits, right? Not right, not, right, not right. unless you had a shit ton of injury. So, like that's that's kind of the point I'm leaning into. But yeah, I mean week. 14 of 15 back-to-back mm-hmm. RB, uh, the number one running back finish. And then week 17, RB7. In between, that was a 20. But everything else was not good, 20, 21 or later. Well, yeah, I mean, everything else early in the season, he just didn't have a role. I think I think what's most interesting about this situation is not necessarily what he did, but the usage that you can get out of that backfield with the right talent. Like, do you, do you see either uh, Pacheco or... Uh, CEH actually being able to replicate what McKinnon did to finish this season next year. Well, I don't think either one of them have the skill set that McKinnon does in the pass game. Like, that's where he shined a lot is the pass game. I and mean, right. you saw it. I mean, it was like he had two of those touchdowns at the end of the year that were like long ass, weird touchdown pa- mm-hmm. like catches. So it's just, you know, what he did to get the touchdowns is not something that happens every week. So I, I don't think so to answer your question, but I do think Pacheco could, uh, I guess, have spurts of what we saw from McKinnon with this mm-hmm. offense. And I do think Pacheco stays. I'm not sure McKinnon does. I think they're probably going to want to get a little younger in that position. I mean, he's going to mm-hmm. be 31 next year. I don't think they want to keep riding that, you know, so they'll probably do something to get somebody younger with the same skill set. Miami, baby. McKinnon in Miami. I mean, maybe. Yeah, that's that's possible. Um, com- they'll, uh, they'll create the Bermuda Triangle of running backs between oh McKinnon, Mostert, and Jeff Wilson. <laughs> be awful. Awful. One Jeff team we cannot great. pick like any damn. Jeff was great. From. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love Jeff Wilson. He was awesome when he was healthy. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. See, there, there lies the problem. Well. Yeah. I but, mean, well, he was he was good with two teams this season. You know what I mean? Like you. I mean, as long as you know how to use him, you get you get some uh, get some production. Yeah. He's not going to make this list, by the way. <laughs> I wish he could have. Out of my heart. Uh, so yeah, Andrew's got two and a half for McKinnon. I've got four, a little bit different there for the RB 17, uh, RB 17 again for only a quarter of the season is, is, is pretty good. That damn double digit touchdowns. It's crazy. Uh, next up we have Mr. Uh, James Connor of the Arizona Cardinals, 782 rushing yards and 183 carries 300 receiving yards on 46 catches, eight total touchdowns. It's pretty average. I, I gave him a three. Like it's, these are pretty low key numbers, just enough to keep you relevant. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would say, I would say three is fair. Three for him is fair. Um, Obviously he did miss some time. He missed three mm-hmm. games throughout the season. Obviously went out that one game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, How many RB one finishes? Um, I'm going to say it's a good number. I'm going to say four or five. It is four, uh, and okay. he did have two uh, finished as RB13 on the week. So technically, he could have potentially had six. Pretty close. So, 
and but a lot of that was at the end of the season. He he definitely mm-hmm. played better at the end of the season. Beginning of the season, yep. not good. RB finishes of 18, 41, 35, 33, 37. Then he got hurt, came back 21, and then started to do mm-hmm. what he did at the end of the season and, and be really good. So yeah. I don't know what they did to change. I'm looking at like the attempts and stuff. His attempts definitely went up at the end of the season. So maybe that they, helped, but they definitely became more run oriented, I think, to just try and protect the passing game that was absolutely abysmal. Yes. Very yeah. Kyler sucks. Hence, yeah, hence yeah, not, they can't even hire anybody to fucking come there and be the coach. Not a good situation. No, not a good situation. <laughs> who was who was that then in the news? I can't remember that they said, nah, I'm gonna pass because you know. Oh, Phil I think Kyler. that was Peyton, wasn't it? It was Sean Payton. Was it? Was it was it Sean I, Payton? I, I remember sure there was they, an article out. It's like, yeah, it's like I, the guy was like, nah, I'm good. Like, screw, screw oh, that. Oh, you know what? No, actually, I think you're thinking, yeah, I think it's somebody else. I, I can't remember. I just, I, I saw something today. I read that somebody said that Sean Payton was asked to come to Arizona and never even took the offer because he didn't want to work with Kyler. And he's like, and then they said he took the Broncos job despite Russell Wilson. Like, that's how bad Kyler Murray is. I'm like, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. I mean, you know, as our fearless leader, uh, you know, Ryan Kramer says, Kyler runs like a damn gymnast. Like, and, and that's what got him hurt running like a gymnast if he would you know be able to take on some contact you know that the way. strides of do 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 yeah do. <laughs> <laughs> i know what you're talking about he just, takes those long ass strides like do, do, like he's about to do a front just, flip that's awesome i never yeah it's it's so never weird made like that, that. connection uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, all right so we're getting off topic here uh james connor um you know like i said i i think three is fair for him uh he gave you a last laugh uh last uh, half of the year uh, as a very good running back. So that, that really mm-hmm. did help you, obviously, if you could, you know, uh, possibly scaped out a couple of W's in the beginning of the year, starting him, um, yeah. you know, and made it through his little stretch of, of injury there. But uh, yeah, I, I think three's fair. Um, you think he's on the team next year too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he finished the, he finished the year strong. Kyler's going to be coming back banged up. They're probably losing D hop. Like, I feel like he's probably, you know, going to be a good prospect in fantasy next year because what else are they going to have to start the season? I feel like he's going to get leaned on early and you might see a little bit of a different, like a kind of a flip from this year where he starts off really well next year and then maybe he starts to fade. He'll be turning 28 next season, not, you know, quite falling off the running back cliff, but he's, you know, he's getting close to the edge for sure. And he's been a guy that's been banged up his whole career. Um, also beat cancer, shout out. Um, but at the same time, like he's you know had trouble staying on the field consistently. So that's really all that you worry about. But I like his prospects to start next season, and I think that he will be a favorable uh, ADP grab. You know, to start the year, or probably someone you'll get at midsummer for a very good value. You know, if you get in on some early drafts. So I'm not like, overly excited about him next year, but I like I said, I think he'll be in a good position to start uh, the 2023 season for sure. I think, you know, this will be somebody I stay away from drafting until I see what the team does. Because honestly, like, yeah. I don't think Kyler's going to come back um, until. Well, I think know, that's we, fair in we, general. We... Like, people stay off of Connor just because of, like I said, his injury history. Like, it's that's that's fine. Yeah. I'm, I just, I'm worried the team's going to go into a rebuild mode a little bit, get rid of Hopkins. Mm-hmm. You know, JJ Watt just retired. Kyler's not going to be ready for the season. Like, they, they might see the writing on the wall with a new coach. They might tell him, like, listen, this year's right. going to suck. We're going to tank this one a little bit. And I worry that if Connor's in that situation, they're, they're not going to give him the volume. They, they, hell, they, they they might even just trade him. So he's somebody I'm during all these best ball stuff throughout the summer. Until I see what the team and get a good feel for what the team wants to do, I'm not drafting any of them. Wouldn't it be cool if one of these absolutely garbage teams was just like, you know what? 
let's just fix our franchise NBA style. Let's go out for just legit superstars. Like, let's go make a move for Allen. Let's bring in D-Hop. Let's get a Dalton Schultz and a Gerald Everett. Let's go full Madden mode here and just load up on studs. Like, imagine if the fucking Texans did that. They grabbed Allen. They grabbed Hopkins. They're like, you know what? Actually, that wouldn't happen because Hopkins hates them and he he wouldn't come back. But I don't know. <laughs> some Something similar to that. And then they all like, oh, yeah, we also brought in Derek Carr. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to be fine. Probably wouldn't work, but it'd be an exciting offseason. It would be interesting. A lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> Make our jobs That's a cool thing easier. about the NFL. You don't you don't have those super teams. Minus you the don't. Eagles, you know, the super team assembled this year with the Eagles. You know, they're fucking nonsensical. Oh, I don't know how they pull off all the trades they do. It's just it's wizardry. The NFL's rigged. It's game script style. Well, look at the Rams last year. They, they were pulling out all the stops. Yeah. Well, that's what happens you when you it. have an owner that's willing to actually spend cash. Cash money. You can do that. Cap Straight cash, money. homie. Straight mm-hmm. cash. Cap's going up, too. Cap's going up. Yeah. Man, you're bears, dude. They just have, like, a full team's worth of cap available. Dude, <laughs> dude if Poles messes this up, man, like, epic, epic failure on his part. Has to have a super aggressive offseason. Has to be aggressive in the, in, the, in the free agency, in the draft. Like, they should not. They should literally hold that pick until the seconds before that clock runs out. I'm telling you, like, get every bit of value that you can. Drive that cost up. And damn it, get us some studs. All right, running back 19, we got Mr. Kenneth Walker. 1,050 rushing yards, 228 carries, pretty solid. 165 receiving yards, only 27 catches. Not ideal, but, you know, still a rookie. Nine total touchdowns this season, pretty solid. Actually, I think those are all rushing, no combined. I gave him four stars. He wasn't healthy to start the season, got banged up a little bit, but... I think that he was everything that was promised when he was healthy. Yeah, four stars as well. Um, okay. I feel like where you drafted him, which was way late in most drafts, you know, until the end of the season, you know, the, the end of draft yep. season, it, it did go up a little bit. But, man, all through the summer, you know, through the beginning, like of August, and it it was in that shitter, man. It was in the tank. Mm-hmm. You could just get yep. him for, for pennies on the dollar, right? So for where you got him, for what he did on this team, um, you know, I, I think the team doing better than what we thought they would do really helped because his value yeah. stayed lower. We thought the team was going to suck, not going to be able to run the ball, whatever the case may be. So that mm-hmm. really helped, you know, his narrative of being a, a you know, a late round pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, he I was one of the people who also thought Ken Walker was going to suck just in general. So this is a miss by me. I'll, I'll you know, capitulate here and say that a lot mm-hmm. of people were on him and I, I just couldn't see the path. And uh, man, he he proved me wrong. You know, from week six on, how many? So before week six, there was never an RB one finish. After that, how many do you think he had? Five. He indeed exactly had five. Yeah, five, five. So that's pretty good. So from week six on, five finishes as an RB one. Very good. Um, I'm I'm excited to watch this dude next year again, man. Like he runs, Same. Same. he runs with gumption. That dude wants to hit you. He doesn't care about Ripping taking a hit. And man, he just, his, his vision is what surprised me. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I had listened to, you know, people from the draft and they're like, eh, you know, his vision's, you know, this and this. And you, you listen to too many people and then you're like, shit, like you immediately put it in your mind. You're like, nah, this dude's going to suck, right? You just got to watch the tape for yourself. Yeah, you know, and there's obviously people who were like, no, he's going to be good. And I just couldn't see mm-hmm. it. But man, his, his vision was good. And I love that he does, that he doesn't mind taking a hit like that. That's an RB I want, and uh, next year I'm going to be fully in on him. He, he's awesome. Um, yeah, four stars. He, 
he's going to be expensive next year. Mm-hmm. I have him at four stars as well, but he's going to be very expensive. And what I'm do we hoping... think? Round three? No, he's going to go we earlier think... than that. He is going to go standard probably or, or or both. Okay, so in single QB, in single QB PPR, he is going in the second round. He is going in this. He will go in the second round. Now in superflex PPR, you might have a shot at round three. Or I'm talking like first three picks, and that's if you have a like a big run of QBs. Like there, there's the traditional, you know, superflex drafters that will literally like if it's a super competitive draft. In my opinion, it's usually going like one through six or one through seven straight QBs, and then you might see that CMC drip in there. You might see that John Taylor or maybe even Eckler just kind of sprinkled in. Those are the leagues where you're getting Justin Jefferson at the end of the first round or kind of also sprinkled into like the top, you know, maybe four to six picks just because this is such a QB rich league right now. But yeah, he's he's going to be going early. Like the next guy on the list is ETN. ETN was going in round three in, in single in single QBs. I've seen him go in round two in June, July last year, and he didn't even get, you know, onto the racetrack until, you know, they finally pulled James Robinson aside and said, hey, like, you know, you are in fact done. Um so super, super tough to know right now. But my opinion is that he will be a highly toted running back for next season. Everybody's going to be on him. Everybody on him. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I'm i very interested, again, for us to do this live draft on Underdog. And, you know, again, we are going to be doing 9 p.m. Friday night, uh, Eastern time. We will be doing a live first opening day Big board, best ball, underdog draft uh, for everybody. Uh, it's going to be a big one. It'll be 12 teams, you know, 18 rounds. So it'll be awesome. But I'm very interested. That, you know, that's kind of the thing I'm most excited about to do this, to see where people are going, see where their rankings mm-hmm. are currently at. Um, you know, I, I think the best thing is going to be, you know, finding out where these guys go and seeing where the values are. And like Ken Walker's a guy I'm interested. I I honestly think he's going to be a round three or four guy. So I, oh, I'll, I be, uh, I'll be interested. If, if he's um, anywhere from three or later, I'll definitely be in on him. I don't think I want to take him round one or two. Like that's... I think that's so, still a little too rich for my blood. The the offseason is going to be crucial, like if they bring someone else in. So if they're if they're going to ride with Rashad Penny and Ken Walker going forward, Ken Walker could be drafted in the first round in a lot of leagues and single QB. Like I really I really feel that because in a lot of leagues people get super aggressive with running backs. And if you see, you know, five or six running backs go off the board in the first round like end of the first round, beginning of the second, like that name's going to be looking very comfortable because I think he, there's that perception that he is going to be like a 300 touch plus running back this season. What did he have over 250? And what he didn't play in the first how many games? Uh, in the first, uh, he only played. He didn't play week one. That was it. Oh, and then he okay. missed week 14. Okay, so out of two, he still missed two games, and the first handful of games he was still playing second fiddle to Rashad Penny, right? Yeah. So I believe the perception is that he's going to be a high volume running back. Pair that with his youth, pair that with the production of this season, and you have yourself an A one prospect and and fantasy for next year. So I mean, I very well could have him inside like my top eight running backs. I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't think that that's like a far cry. Interesting. Next man up, Travis Etienne. Really not that dissimilar. Like I'm probably putting him in like that same space. He'll definitely definitely be a top 10 guy for me next year. Uh, 1,125 rushing yards, 316 receiving on 220 carries and 35 catches, five total touchdowns. This was another four-star rating for me. Uh, he finished at RB20 in PPR formats, mostly because James Robinson was just eating all the dirt like in the first three or four games. 
Uh, everyone was doubting that he still had a pulse, that he was going to be existing this season. It wasn't long, but obviously James Robinson can still play. Like, he ain't dead. Scored a good amount of touchdowns in the first handful of games. Uh, but obviously, you know, they traded him. They, you know, followed through with their plan to make him their guy. And again, this is another situation where you got to be on the on the pulse for the offseason because if they don't add anyone significant, this is going to be a guy that's pushing well over 300 touches. Got to keep in mind we're in a 17-game uh, game plan right now, you know, schedule that only boosts the opportunity for, for production and touches and fantasy value. So super happy with what you saw at ETN. He cost a lot, though. He cost a lot more than Ken Walker this season. Like I said, he was being in drafted in the second, third, and fourth round in single QB leagues early on this year. People are super high on him. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to give him a three-and-a-half star, and uh, the reason he's not four is exactly what you just said at the very end, is that where he was drafted as opposed to Ken Walker was right. much more expensive. Uh, True. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dock him half a star for that. Three and a half, still good. It's fair. It's Honestly, fair. he opened up the season dog shit through week six. Just dog. not he was fumbling the ball. Like that, that was my concern for me is that early on, like he just he couldn't keep his hands on the ball. And James Robinson was doing all of these good things. And it's just like, man, like, you know, I wasn't taking a victory lap because I was not on ETN at his ADP. But at the same time, I was just like, why are people so surprised that this happens in, in the NFL? The very next guy that we're going to talk about, he took a big hit in value this year. It happens all the time. Like there's expectation versus reality. And I just feel I always hate when people just box themselves into takes like, oh, you can't take James Robinson because he's just nothing. He's like, dude, he's on an NFL team. He's second on their depth chart. Like you think he just won't touch the field. And there's a lot of situations like that. Like people were so low on DJ Moore during his dip. I was like, do you know who DJ Moore is? Like what his skill set, what he can do? Like, yeah, you should go out and target him and get him for cheap. And then three weeks later, he blows up for like 150 receiving yards. Like there's no absolute truth in this game. And that was a big, you know, narrative with ETN. I feel like this past offseason was like, oh, he's just going to be the dude. He's just going to be the dude. Like, no, he could be, but we had to wait. You know, we had to wait, you know, that several weeks for it to happen. Going forward, yeah, I'm back in. I'm on the boat. Let's Let's ride with ETN for sure. Like I said, he'll probably be somewhere in the top 10 for me, probably close to the same <clears throat> Ken Walker territory. Youth production and opportunity going forward all look like great opportunities. Yep. Let's play the game. How many RB1 finishes? Ken Walker had five. I'm going to say four. It's exactly four, man. Look at you. Two for two on the exact. Bang, bang. Back to back, baby. <laughs> Yeah, uh, week 17, which obviously is a very crucial week, championship week for us, uh, RB5. And then he had a, a stretch of three in a row of RB7, 7, and 3. That's week 7, 8, and 9. Um, outside of that, you know, there was mediocre finishes at best there. So mm -hmm. he was, I, I think, slightly disappointing. Um, you know, where you drafted him, what he did overall, I think there's promise for the future. But I think this year was slightly disappointing for what you paid for him. I, I'm going to give him yeah. a three even i agree and uh i just I, it's 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 hard um i i don't know i i don't know what to exactly make of it because i think trevor lawrence is going to have a better passing year next year if you know what we saw this year i think is only a stepping stone mm -hmm. for what trevor lawrence can do right so i'm not right. sure if that's going to help or hurt etn well, so it's, it's hard my, to kind of think about that but my question that i was about to ask you was is not so much trevor lawrence but what do you think the 
you know, the repercussion will be of Calvin Ridley entering this offense, having all yes. of these passing weapons. Like, how will Calvin Ridley's presence, you know, play into the ETN touches, volumes, and opportunities? Yeah, I think it is going to hinder him a little bit. Like, I, And again, I, I say that and then immediately I'm like, well, you know what? I mean, if they have a good offense, what if they get down in the red zone more and then they use him more in the red zone and he scores more touchdowns? And it Compatico, you know, baby. Like it's simpatico. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so hard. Like, honestly, the, the Jags with their passing weapons next year could deploy some sort of Chiefs offense where it's all mm. throw first. It's some gimmicky shit in there. Like I could see them doing that and then ETN kind of be a little left out of that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him, but he's a good running back. Um, obviously, you know, the, the narratives there with Trevor Lawrence already, you know, they went to college together and all that. So it's not right. like, I think he's going to fall out of favor. I just think that where, again, what you're going to have to pay for him, probably this coming up year, if he doesn't get better, you're going to mm-hmm. also be disappointed because he's probably going to have another season just like this. And it's, uh, it's a I, little I, disappointing. I think he's going to have more touchdowns. He, he only had five. I think he yeah. can easily hit double digits next year. I think he can easily double this number, still bring home similar rushing and receiving totals. Maybe, a, maybe a bump because no James Robinson. And if they don't get anyone in there to co- uh, compete with him for uh, for touches, I think it could be a really good situation. Fin- finished at number twenty. Would not be surprised if he finished his top twelve next year. Yeah, one thing that that did surprise me, just looking at his stats here, is that. Um... He had no receiving touchdowns. Like when I think of Travis Etienne, I kind of think of a receiving back a little bit. Mm-hmm. He had no touchdowns. Hey, last year Miles Sanders had one receiving touchdown. So, uh, right, like just it's yeah. I don't know yeah. that that surprised me when I actually was looking at the numbers uh, that he had no receiving touchdowns, nine on the ground, but none through the air. Interesting. He had five on the ground. Oh, five on the ground. Sorry, I said nine. I was going to say like nine would have been a lot better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, next up we have uh, DeAndre Swift. Actually, before we get into DeAndre Swift, let's pay some bills really quick. Uh, make sure to sign up for the SGPN app and get your own big game bingo card. Uh, get it full of all your favorite big game prop bets. If you get bingo, you'll win $57 to the SGPN merch store. Only if you catch, it must be you have to be subscribed to the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast and NFL Gambling Podcast Network on YouTube to win. The SGPN 57 Bets Challenge. In honor of the big game, SGPN is hosting a prop bet contest. Make your picks for 57 different prop bets. That's right, 57 different prop bets. Winner will get a $570 cash prize and a $570 gift card to the SGPN merch store. All our contests are free to play and exclusively on the SGPN app. For those of you that want to try to do the math, that is $1,140 total prize value. (laughs) With the math. All right, back to DeAndre Swift. Sorry for the interruption there. We got uh, DeAndre Swift coming in with only 99 carries on the season, but an impressive 542 rushing yards, over five yards per carry. Love that. DeAndre Swift. Yeah, right. 389 receiving yards on 48 catches. That's pretty impressive. Close, very close to 150 touches with just eight total touchdowns. Very interesting numbers. I went with a 3.5. It's not to his fault. He doesn't get to call. He doesn't get to run the personnel. He doesn't get to pick the plays. I'm with. I'm in the same boat as Andrew, and I'm a Bears fan. Yeah, free DeAndre Swift. We all love the Jamal Williams uh, year, you know, this season. But 
yeah, come on. You 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 got a real uh, a real horse here just waiting to take off on the track, and we can't even get him out of the stable here. I mean, this is this is rough. I give him three and a half. There could be brighter uh, pastures ahead, greener pastures, whatever. I don't know. I don't really have that much faith. I feel like that offense, especially with Dan Campbell at the helm, they're not going to give you any easy way to predict how they're going to be efficient, like what they're going to do. And I think we saw a lot of that this season. They don't care what you think. They're going to play how they want to play, and it's going to be very mischievous. It's not going to be in your face. This is how we're going to beat you. They're going to hold their hands close to their chest. So let's revisit something that we talked about on one of the Sunday morning fantasy lounges. Uh, I forgot who asked it. I don't know if it's Dave or Brad or you. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked the question, uh, and this was after week 13 when he had an (coughs) RB6 finish, uh, DeAndre Uh Swift. We were asked, going forward for the rest of the fantasy season, will we rather have DeAndre Swift or James Cook? Pretty sure Emerson and I were the only ones to take James Cook, and you know we were kind of looked at funny. Do you think mm-hmm. James Cook had a better end of year than DeAndre Swift did? I'm not sure. I mean, I know that he was included more, but I know that yeah. Devin Singletary we're going to be talking about soon, and he had a pretty reliable season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't actually have the numbers. I'm just asking you, like, from your eyeballs watching these games – I, I would me, say would I would say I I I don't have any any notes on this whatsoever. I would say it's probably pretty similar. Like I don't think there's going to be a huge advantage going one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I, I think the lines are absolutely killing DeAndre Swift. I, I just I don't know what the hell they're doing. Like this dude's pretty saving good. Saving him up, I guess. I don't know. Uh, uh, saving him up Long for what? Career. Long uh, career. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you you. <laughs> So you just buy the sports car and you just put it in the garage and you're like, I'll save oh, it. Oh yeah, no, 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 like, no. You're not, later. you're not driving that Ferrari. No, <laughs> it's like, no, I don't, dude. There's no rhyme or reason, like I said, but I, I feel like that's kind of the identity of the Lions. Like they are not going to be that team where you know what you're getting out of them, and I think that's how they want it. I think that's how well, they like it. You know, and and nothing. I'm not taking anything away from Jamal Williams. Like he was awesome, right? But like, yeah, it's great. You great, also great have DeAndre Swift. There's no uh-huh. reason that you shouldn't be using him just as much, if not more, than Jamal Williams. So, well, in my mind, a team that you 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 said it to, Jarek McKinnon may not be, you know, potentially on the Chiefs next year, right? Mm-hmm. Go get DeAndre Swift, Chiefs, please. Oh, for the dude, love yeah. of God. No, absolutely. Like, the one-two punch of him and Pacheco on that team would be absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Um, I think DeAndre Swift is great, right? I it's it. This is a guy I, I'm gonna have a hard time giving a, a ranking to because I think he's a lot better than what he did this year because I think the Lions right. killed him with their play calling. So I, but, I'm going to but give. Where him, did you? But where did you draft him though? That that's the problem, right? That and that's where I was gonna come next is I'm going to yep. give him like a two point two five because you oh, drafted damn. him so high. It's true, and he just did not get you there. And I don't think it's all his fault though. Is the is the problem, right? Like I don't want to hold mm-hmm. it against him. He did miss a few weeks due to injury. And then he had a couple of weeks where they're like, well, he's kind of banged up, but he's going to play. And then they gave him like mm-hmm. fucking four carries. And it's like, well, right. you could have told us like, hey, he's like 80% hurt. And we're going to give him like a small workload. Mischievous. Like, it sucks. Why would they tell you? They were never yeah, going to tell you. <sighs> fucking coaches. This is why we somebody needs to do a business plan. And I have always thought this is cool. We need beat writers that solely focus on fantasy for us. Just at one at each practice your job, for man. every team. You just described your job. Well, well, yeah, except for I don't get to go to the practices and you know watch all the oh, stuff. Oh, you, but... oh, you want us all in the building? Oh, you, yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Just somebody strictly focuses on fantasy. Like, all right, like here's the things they're running. Here's the the goal line. We packages. need to sell like... more merch. We need to sell more merch, Andrew. <laughs> I asked I asked Sean on Twitter the other day because you know 
they got their they got their short you know they got their video loading up on degenerate one about to go air bond down to phoenix getting at the super bowl i'm just like man like sean how much merch we got to sell to get get the the fantasy boys uh, up in the air you know what i mean like come on <laughs> he gave he gave me a very coach coach like uh response he said uh like brick by brick and i was like all right that's not that's oh, okay. not a yeah, sure. that's not a number i need a number buddy <laughs> So all you listeners at home, go buy some merch at the merch store and be sure to podcast.com slash store. That's right. That's right. And tell them Justin and Andrew sent you because before we can get to the moon, we got to get airbound. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, we're we have a trajectory towards the moon, but you got to, you know, see what the atmosphere is like up there before you start, you know, taking, you know, your deep shots. You know what I'm saying? So let's sell some merch. Let's get airbound. Absolutely. Please and thank you, everybody. <laughs> so back to Swift. Um, again, like two two point. What I give him two point five, two point seven five, whatever. Yeah, I gave him three point five, and that's and that's just because like the per touch efficiency is there. One hundred and fifty touches to eight touchdowns is that about five percent touchdown rate? Am I doing the what math? Did you say right? it was. It's a right around one hundred and fifty touches, and he has eight total touchdowns. It's a little bit more than five percent. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. You're asking me to do really quick math right now. And I'm yeah, like I know. Me too. It. And that's just like, why did we just do that? <laughs> just, like, we're not gambling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I say, ask me about a parlay and, I'll, and I, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. But. You're just like, oh, um, that's absolutely four uh, plus 471. Putting those together. So how many RB1 finishes do you think he had? For Swift? Yeah. Two? One? I don't None? You'd be surprised. He had four. That's crazy. Yeah. How? Beginning to start the season, week one, RB2. Week two, RB four. Oh, those then, poor people. Those then poor he gets people. hurt week three, and then he's out. He he's, he obviously leaves the game week three. He's out yeah. two games, the bye week, and another game. So a total of three games. Comes back. That's when they really started to fuck with him on how much he was going to be able to actually you know be right. utilized. He uh, week thirteen, uh, RB six, and then week seventeen against uh, your Bears week or uh, RB three, but. Everything between that was not good, and just just look. Yeah, at his you just game said logs. week one and week seventeen. He bookended the seasons like that's yeah. not no. That's, it, not, it's, that's not what you're I, looking for. I really think the the injury cost him too with the with the franchise or with the organization yeah. because he was you know again RB two and RB four and then RB thirty nine because he got hurt and then after that mm-hmm. they were just like well this dude's hurt a little bit so we're just gonna like not use him. Right. Well, they're gonna be they moved on from Hawkinson, so like if they don't really make any drastic changes. Like, I mean, you could see him actually get like that, you know, running back receiver utility. I know that we talk about these types of guys all the time. You know, who could be the next Alvin Kamara, you know, running backs that can make 80 plus catches in a season, you know, 1500 all purpose yards. He fits like all of all of that criteria, right? Like he has the speed. He has the athleticism. We've seen him just straight up leap over dudes at times. Like he is a great athlete and a great NFL player. He just needs the opportunities, and of course, staying healthy is a big part of that too. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a disappointing season. But again, like the per touch efficiency, that's why I have him just a little bit higher. Still finishes an RB two. Drafted him in the first round. Ouch. All right, next up we have uh, not one of your favorite people, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, who looks like he's going to take a pay cut and stay with the uh, with the Cowboys. You know, I'm not a big Zeke fan, but hey, like that's the right thing to do, right? Like, well. Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of like, tell me that you realize there's not too many teams who want to pay you without telling right. me there's too many right. teams that don't want to pay you. Well, he knows. He's reading the he's reading the room, and that's a good thing. Like, he's not creating a situation that's going to hurt the team where they have to, like, you know, try to get more creative with this. They can just get a pay cut in place, 
he's going to get a, a fair amount of touches still and still be on the team. And I think that just kind of atones to his connection with the franchise. Like, I don't, I mean, it's not like they're, he's causing Le'Veon Bell problems. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's a good thing. I think it's uh, it's going to be a good situation for him and the Cowboys next year. This season, like, you know, numbers not very good, but did finish fourth in the NFL with 12 total touchdowns. Uh, the per yard uh, uh, efficiency, not there. 231 carries, 876 rushing yards, not great. And he really didn't do anything on the ground. Very Miles Sanders-esque, 17 catches, 92 receiving yards, like nothing there whatsoever, right? But touchdowns, hey, was, you know, was on the Cowboys, who have a good offense, was used a lot in the red zone. Tony Pollard obviously has superseded him as the best running back on this team. Again, it feels like he's reading the room. I gave him a 3.0. I gave him uh, three stars. Not, not terrible, but not great. I give him middle of the run. I don't want to eat here again, but it's, you know, it wasn't, you know, I was able to eat. So RB one finishes. What's your guess? Uh, I'll go with three, two, two, two's Seven. final answer. Whoa. Touchdowns. Yes. Are you looking at standard? Oh, yes, I am. I was going to say like that. <laughs> oh, but it fucking changed it when I reloaded the pay. Oh, Jesus. All right. Hold on. Okay. Let's do PPR. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five. He still had five. Wow, that's <laughs> dude, that's way higher than I expected. Those touchdowns really held him up for sure. Then, uh, week six, seven, 11, 13. Yeah, those are the RB, uh, no, and 14. Those are the RB1 finishes. Uh, just Not looking bad. at them, there is definitely some weak defenses in there Minnesota, sure, Houston. Yep. Uh, Indianapolis when they didn't have uh, um, uh, Leonard back yet. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia, but when that was week six, that was before they realized that they really had a problem there. Detroit. No, I think that's when they realized they have a real, real big problem. Well, um, they I went and signed Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph, and yeah, I, I, I can't remember. Was that the Eagles who did it after uh, an ass whooping on Monday Night Football Week Nine that they did? Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, I just want to throw that out there. I think it was the Commanders that that gave it to him. I don't know. The who we'll move on from that. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> just looking at these, it, it did surprise me to see how many uh RB1 dude, that's super surprising, yeah, dude. Have so he's just man, when he's out there, he looks so slow, he just oh, looks he like look he's good like at robotic. All. And it's like, you know, who he reminds me of now. Doing? Remember Lamar Miller? Oh my god, yeah, he, yeah, he reminds me of Lamar Miller now. <laughs> these are Lamar Miller numbers, like pull up Lamar Miller, like. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I, if you look at, like, the last two seasons Lamar Miller was relevant, I mean, if he ever was, I guess, these are Lamar Miller numbers. That's a deep pool, man. Dude, tons of carries, not many yards, touchdowns. Lamar Miller. Like, dude, that's exactly what he did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up some Lamar Miller numbers now. Yeah, that's now interesting. I'm all, now I'm all Yeah, excited. so he uh, – I'm going to give him a two and a half. Um, I, I don't – I think he was – okay where you drafted him he wasn't going super early he wasn't going real late he was middle of the pack right he was he was in the yeah. running back dead zone right. um so i think he did fairly okay for that uh he obviously you know shared with pollard more than you would have liked but he still mm. had the volume which was crazy like i felt like they held pollard back and deployed zeke uh and it, which is weird to me because Pollard's clearly the better running back it's I, I don't know what their mm -hmm. infatuation is with Zeke here but the game I feel like that's how he got to where he finished and and his you know five RB1 finishes was just mm -hmm. based off of volume I mean he had a ton of volume rush temp wise um yep. you know in this in this offense so 
Uh, I'll give him a two and a half. You know, he immediately gets knocked down half a star for being a cowboy. Um, and uh, but I was surprised with the RB one finishes. I, I I will not lie. And um, yeah, it's gonna be. I get. I, I don't even know. As a Commanders fan, I'm like, is it gonna be fortunate or unfortunate that he's there again next year? And I I I don't know. I mean, again, I don't think Your he's gonna D do. D line's getting just healthier, so I mean, feels like it'll be a good thing. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I, I I don't think that he's going to be very good again next year. Like this is a guy I'll be fully off of, not only because he's a cowboy, but because I just think that the other running back there is much much better. Uh, but yeah, he's a. Uh, it, it was interesting to see how many RB one finishes. Yeah, that that did surprise me. So two and a half, I think is is fair for a guy who hates Ezekiel Elliott. Just for <laughs> reference, uh, Lamar Miller's last four seasons when active, he had numbers all better than this, other than the touchdowns. He didn't have the, huh. the touchdowns. So 876 rushing yards. He <laughs> went over that uh, the last four seasons, other than 2015 when he hit 872. And he had he always had like a bunch of catches, like 25, 36, 31, 47, 38 from 2018 to 2014. And like Zeke didn't get over 20 this year. So maybe I'm yeah. being a little, uh, a little too kind to Zeke there in that comp. I don't know. Sorry, Zeke. You're not quite as good as Lamar sucks Miller. I don't have any prospects for him next year. I'll be off of him. Not really interested. He might be someone that, you know, is decent for you in like DFS formats, like I said early on, because we don't know what the what the Pollard situation is going to be like for his return. Yep. All right. Next two guys here. We're going to wrap it up uh, kind of similar to the end of last week's episode. Just running through these last two pretty quickly. Appreciate everybody following along. Be sure to smash the like button, download the episode, and leave a review on our Apple podcast. We're giving away a Kenneth Walker jersey to everyone that leaves a review on the Apple podcast giveaways during the Super Bowl. Uh, we've got Devin Singletary of the Bills and David Montgomery of the Bears. Not really some eh, pretty similar seasons. They both had six rushing touchdowns. They both had right around 800 rushing yards. Uh, Singletary had less carries. He had 177 carries, 819 rushing. Monty, 201 to 801 rushing and they both actually had 38 receptions kind of weird who would you rather have next season uh let's say monty returns to the bears on a on a well, probably not a discount but he just returns they've got money if they're gonna pay him they'll pay him uh i'm gonna go montgomery because <coughs> i am in the camp of i think james cook is better than devin singletary so i think that's sure. going to shine through come training camp and preseason mm -hmm. i think james cook will be if if, if the bills do nothing i just think james right. cook will be utilized more so i'll take mm -hmm. montgomery because i think he will be utilized more than singletary um and again i mean as we look at the numbers here i mean what they were one point i believe difference super close totality. yeah they're, they're yeah. super so close i'll take montgomery because I, I i think that he'll be a little bit better next year and again i, I just think singletary is just on a downslope. i'm still in the camp that montgomery is going to be off the bears and he's going to be elsewhere there's not a rich market for running backs but you know we, we, there's always the chiefs they always need somebody there's a couple other teams like Carolina needs a running back. Rams need a running back. Uh, dare I say the Saints if Alvin Kamara isn't doing what he needs to. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, there, there's a good amount of teams out there that, that could use a running back. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I'm going to imagine that he's either back with the Bears who have a better offense. He could have better prospects. Khalil Herbert's still there, but Monty was the priority for them. Um, Khalil Herbert, love a lot, but I don't know if they're going to let him off the leash next next season. Um, or if they will also pursue, you know, the market if Monty doesn't come back. But if Monty goes somewhere else, it may just be a better situation in fantasy because, you know, if he's going to land somewhere, hopefully it means that he's going to have a more defined role and he, you know, chooses where he's going to go so that he doesn't have to have someone breathing down his neck for for touches and action. So 
Um, that's running back 23 and 24. Again, very close between the two. Um, Monty, I felt like to his ADP was kind of where you're getting him. Like, mm -hmm. I agree with that. Like sixth, seventh round. Like it wasn't he wasn't really that expensive. I don't think people were very excited about drafting Bears players this year. Singletary, I feel like again he was drafted kind of in the similar space because you were at that point kind of taking a stand on your flex position, mm -hmm. probably close to around seven or eight. Because I felt like he that's how he was drafted, like your 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 first flex player or your first draft uh, draft player, first bench player drafted. <clears throat> Yeah, and I think both these players uh, were in the scenarios of people were talking themselves into their backups, James Cook and Herbert, yeah. right? Like, right, I feel right, like right. that, that – and that's why they were drafted lower. And actually, I, I think both of them, if I'm remembering correctly, both of these running backs and their backups were drafted, like, within two rounds of each other in yep. every draft, you know. So yep. it was it was interesting to see that as well. But I think, you know, these are two guys definitely that I can remember that – their backups were being talked about as potential starters as well. I mean, what Montgomery was like selling peanuts or some shit in training camp that, mm -hmm. that, that one time. And like everyone's like, Oh, it's Herbert's going to be the guy. And then we see that it's like kind of a deployment of both and the Herbert gets hurt. And so mm -hmm. it's a weird scenario for both of them. But yeah, I, I, I think I like Montgomery as a running back more than I like Singletary. Singletary reminds me of like a, a just a little rugby player like that can mm -hmm. like, do well but I, I just i don't think he fits what the bills want to do i mean hence the bills tried right. to go out and take jd mckissick from washington you know they, they went out and got james Cook. i mean they, yeah so they, they also went out and got naeem hines <clears throat> yeah exactly like uh so it, it yeah i i just i think they're both very eh guys and i, I don't really want to draft either one next year um but depending where montgomery goes I'll, I'll be more more interested in him more inclined to take him I've got 3.5s for both. What say you? Um, I'll give uh man. I get 2.75. Again, kind of like ugly a little bit. I, I don't love them, but mm. they were good draft value for for what they ended up doing for the season. Um, yeah, so I I think 2.75 for both of them is fun. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. You have anything to share before we head out? Let them know where they can find you. Let them know what we're doing in the next couple nights. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, find me on Twitter at a Rob 23. It's uh, down here below. Uh, join our discord. We're in the discord all the time. Sports gambling podcast network uh, in the discord. If you guys can't find it or don't know how to join, get at us on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely be able just to get you an invite into the discord. There's tons of people joining every day. You can like look and see who's joining like each, mm -hmm. each day. It's crazy how many people are joining. Uh, so it makes conversations really fun. Of course, hit up sportsgamblingpodcast.com. A look at all of our articles coming out. Justin had already alluded to some of the gambling stuff we have out there. I obviously just dropped the underdog bid game strategy guide there as well. And um, make sure to tune in tomorrow night, 9 o'clock. We'll be doing uh, the big game draft, talking some strategy in there. I'll go through some of the stuff I put in my article. And then Friday night, the big one, the big board, the first 2 2023 underdog best ball contest that they are releasing we don't know what time they're releasing it yet which i assume it's probably going to be about mid-afternoon that if i remember correctly usually is when they drop and stuff around like one o'clock to three o'clock eastern time so we'll be able to get in there uh, but we're gonna do it at nine o'clock friday night come join us uh you know we'll be putting posts out about this but man it's gonna be a shit ton of fun man i'm so excited for that it's like christmas morning for me i'm not gonna be able to sleep <laughs> on opening up your underdog presents oh i love it <laughs> Now nah, it should be a lot of fun, should be exciting. And then we got the Super Bowl on Sunday, a lot going on. Uh, like Andrew said, be sure to check out the website, sportsgamblingpodcastnetwork.com. We've got all sorts of good stuff for you. NFL betting, tons and tons of fantasy content for the offseason, whether you're into Dynasty, 
You've got IDP Dynasty going right now. Uh, the XFL guys, they're high flying. They've got a lot of content coming out. So whatever you're into, hey, I, I, we probably have some uh, uh, tennis and NASCAR. You could probably jump in on too or some golf. So we've got all the good stuff for you. Come ride with us. Uh, take care. Be well. Be good. If you can't be good, I don't care. Just be good at it. We'll see you. <laughs>